This is the Honest CEO Show, hosted by the Honest CEO, Caroline Kennedy. Get ready to be informed, inspired, and motivated by the honest stories from passionate, extraordinary business people who share their ups and downs and their learnings on the journey to building success in business. Good morning, and my guest today is Katrina Pollard, founder and director of CP Communications, one of Australia's most respective and innovative PR and social media agencies. She is also the author of From Unknown to Expert, a step-by-step process for growing your profile and expanding your influence by becoming a recognised expert in your field using public relations and social media. In her book, she shares her story about how she moved from being relatively unknown to a recognised expert. She also shares trade secrets and techniques that can help to build reputation, increase sales and enable new career opportunities. Katrina founded CP Communications in 2001 and has built it into one of Australia's leading PR and social media agencies, recognised as an industry influencer. Katrina is an international speaker and trainer, author and popular media commentator. She has over 20 years experience in developing public relations and social media strategies that engage both the consumer and businesses. In 2015, Katrina was named one of the top 50 most influential women entrepreneurs in Australia as part of the Inspiring Rare Birds project. Katrina created the popular blog Public Relations Sydney that has been listed as the top two business blogs in Australia. She is also listed as one of the top 100 PR people worldwide to follow on Twitter. Katrina presented an inspirational and motivation talk at TEDx on the topic of being open to yes. She encouraged people to move from the shadows into the spotlight, to redefine the spotlight so it means that something to everybody and to understand we, are, we all deserve to be there and share our voice with the world. Katrina, the only word that comes to mind is wow. Congratulations <laughs> on all your achievements to date. It's so, it's so funny. I'm sitting here listening to that going, oh dear. <laughs> it's so weird hearing all of that. It's like, yes, I, I do binge on Netflix from time to time as well. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't sound like it. You don't know how you'd have time for that. <laughs> so tell us about CP Communications and where it all began. You know, really, the seed of it began in a management meeting um, in my last um, and final job <laughs> um, where, you know, I, I found myself actually drawing what I would, what I, my business card would be like if I owned my own business, you know, and I really, and I realised that um, I just wasn't, it just wasn't working for me in, in, in a corporate environment anymore. And I actually realized that it never did. Mm. Um, I, I kind of um, was brought up to have a career and, in, um, you know, be, be the woman with the corner office kind of thing. Um, and when I got there, I just realized I never really fitted in. Um, and it was me. It wasn't the, it wasn't the corporations or the companies. And, so I just one day, and I, I think that it was in my subconscious for a long time and it moved forward and consciously went, 
it really felt like I woke up one day and went, it's not doing this anymore. It's just not what I want to do. I'm not happy in this in this um, work environment. So I quit. Um, which, Big you know, move. I, I just don't know whether I would do that now. I can't really believe that I did do that. Um, and my family at the time kind of um, – I thought that was a little bit crazy, actually. I They didn't particularly support the move um, because, you know, why leave a really well-paid job to to have nothing? Um, and I hadn't planned it because it was, a, it was kind of like a spur-of-the-moment thing. I didn't have clients. I didn't mm. have backing. I didn't even have a computer because <laughs> um, it was way back then when people didn't have computers at home, you know, and it was dial-up internet and... <laughs> Um, it just was very, very different to what it is like now where you can start a business and have a website up within a day. It was, yeah. it was such a vastly different entrepreneurial. Um, you know, and people didn't even use the word entrepreneurial back then. It was, um, yeah. And I actually had a lot of fear around it as well. I had this massive fear of failure um, where I felt like for the, you know, almost for the first year, I didn't even want to say that it was a business. I wanted to say I was consulting just in case it failed. Yeah. Um, so it was a, ma- it was a massive leap of faith, but it was really, it started there because I really needed a change and, you know, it was such, such, a, um, a great decision. It was one of probably the best decisions I've ever made. Um, and not to say that it hasn't been um, hard, you know, it's, it's not easy building a business, but, you know, it's rewarding. I really do think it was. Yeah. Yes. Well, it's, it's Especially if you get it right. <laughs> it's your, I feel like what it is, it's your own challenges. It's it, in corporate, you're, um, you don't really, often you don't have control over your destiny, whereas at least in business, you do at least have that control to yeah. a certain extent. Yeah. It's just it's a, it's just a different environment. And so it suits some people, it suit, doesn't suit other people. And I mean, it, you know, it may, it, for me, it may change in the future. Who knows? I don't know. But yeah, yeah. that's where it started. <laughs> <laughs> Great story. Now, I really connect um, with your story because it has similarities to my own, especially the fact that you're, you know, a, a true introvert. However, you've taught yourself to be a mix of both introvert and extrovert in your behavior. And I truly believe that entrepreneurs, especially those introverts among us, um, you know, must adapt in the changing social landscape. So tell us your thoughts, tips and personal experiences with embracing opportunity regardless of fear, which is what you've just described now with starting the business anyway. Yeah. You know, I think that we live in an extroverted world. Um, I know that we live in an extroverted world. Um, Those people, and that's what I talked about in my TEDx talk, um, those people that are extroverted get rewarded, Um, you know, Look at the, the sort of the Kim Kardashians of the world. Not that we want to aspire to being that, but it's really the extroverted. It's the people who um, are in the spotlight all the time create the spotlight. They tend to get those tend to get those moments, um, and we see that in business, um, whether it's corporate or whether it's in small business. The people who um, are the loudest, the people who um, are you know the are prepared to stand up on stage, the people who are prepared to um, express themselves tend to get more opportunities and tend to um, tend to get more recognised. Um, and as an introvert, 
like all my life I've been an introvert and um, as a child I actually was ashamed of being so shy and so yeah. introverted because yeah. I felt, um, you know, I was in a – my parents are introverted but my sister isn't. She's extroverted and, you know, I, it, it, I could really see that the, the difference – um, of how pe- people treated us differently and so on um, and the opportunities she's got, she got compared to me and so on. Um, and I think that um, it really did impact my career, you know, even from the perspective of, you know, I didn't want to be a school captain because I didn't want to get up on stage um, and I didn't um, put myself forward for presentations and so on during my career so people didn't, you know, see me. Um, so I think that that really impacted me, and it got it got to a point w- with my business where I guess it was a it was a maturity thing as well. It, I really felt that I started hearing myself say no a lot, no to opportunities, no to media, no to speaking opportunities, um, and I I really decided or I had this recognition that. I was holding myself back and I was denying denying my voice um, and denying the sharing of my experience and knowledge because, you know, by, by that point I, you know, have got a lot of knowledge to share. Yeah. Um, and kind of who am I to actually say no to that? So I really, I went through a lot of personal um uh, sort of, I guess, transformation. I, you know, I went and got um, coaching, um, spe- um, speaking coaching. I did a lot of thinking around, well, you know, what is my personal brand? What am I an expert in? And I really, really um, put myself in situations where I was way out, out of my comfort zone because I really felt that it was time for me to grow and to expand because I think that um, – as extroverts, um, it's not necessarily being louder. Um, it's about being bolder. It's about really finding your own personal voice and in ways that actually you feel comfortable sharing it. But I do think that we do need to um, to grow and expand and push ourselves outside our comfort zone at times because that's where growth comes from. Um, but living in an extroverted world, introverts do need to learn extroverted qualities and apply those to situations. Yeah, and I would agree with you completely. And it's something that I've had to do throughout my career. And more so, and just listening to your story, it has so many correlations with my own because um, uh, in my earlier career, you know, I talk about how I used to sit at the table with a lot of executives. And I um, spent a lot of time in male-dominated industries and I mm. wouldn't speak up because mm. I was kind of intimidated and I didn't want to say the wrong thing. And then I yeah. realised that I have a lot to say and yeah. listening to them, um, knowing that I could really contribute to that, and then I decided that I was the only one holding myself back. Mm. And regardless of the fear that I just needed to take a seat at that table and own it, but even with public speaking as a child, I didn't want to even read a book in school out loud. Mm, yeah. You know, <laughs> it yeah. was terrifying. Yeah. And certainly didn't do any public speaking. But now that I get asked to do it, even though it terrifies me, and not so much now, 
But it, it, when I first started doing it, it's to the point where I would just shake, and I'm sure you can mm. relate to that. Yeah, yeah. But the more you do it, the easier it gets, and you've just got to put yourself out there and say, well, this is my destiny, and I, you know, I'm the master of my own destiny, and yeah. nobody else is going to do it for me, so I better just step through that uncomfortable um, feeling that yeah. I have and just do it anyway, regardless. Yes. Yeah. And I think and I think that what it is too is I think it's really important that we do it in our own way and in our own pace. Yeah. Like um because not everyone is going to feel comfortable doing public speaking. It, it's um I certainly think that it's something that people should challenge themselves to do. Um but there's other ways of sharing your voice and it might be writing articles, it might be doing um, you know, starting a blog, it might be through Facebook or through Twitter, um, but it's still about sharing your opinions and your expertise with the people that matter to to your personal brand or your, to your career or to your business brand. Yeah. Um, and I think that, and I, this word is just such a, you know, overused word, but I, it's the, it's doing it in your own authentic way. Yeah. But I think that that's exactly what you described then. You do have to do that personal reflection around, well, who do I want to be in this world? What is it that I want to share? Am I am I actually making decisions that are holding myself back because of fear? And if that's the case, then I that you need to do something about that. Yeah. Now it, we you just mentioned personal brand, and you've certainly created a very strong personal brand. And tell us why you decided to go down the path of building your brand and the benefits that you've seen from it? Yeah. I really, uh, the, to build, uh, developing my personal brand sort of all, started around that same time as me realising that I needed to step into the spotlight and I needed to, um, you know, st- part of that was stepping on stage as well as doing media and so on. And I realised that as a small business owner, um. I was relatively unknown. Like I, I was sort of, I was known a little bit in my industry, and I'm really lucky to have clients come to me and so on. But if I wanted to grow my business, I needed to have a a brand, an instantly recognizable brand that related to me as an individual, not just my business. Because yeah. as a small business owner, essentially, I am the business. Yeah. Um, as an entrepreneur, I am the business. So. Um, what I realized is that really we have a personal brand, whether we know it or not. Mm-hmm. There's people, people describe you when you're not around. People recommend you in ways that you, um, ah, you know, if you're not doing any work around your personal brand, you don't, you're not in control of how they recommend you or how they speak about you and your work. So I needed to take control of that. And I needed to actively build that. And so what I did was decide what I wanted to be known as an expert for. And it was pretty easy because, you know, I'm an ex- expert in public relations and social media. But I, what the challenge was for me, um, and I think a lot of women do struggle with this a little bit, is that I felt like I couldn't describe myself as an expert because <laughs> it was, <laughs> who am I as an expert? Like there's a whole bunch of other amazing PR people in Australia. Am I saying that I'm better than them? Am I saying that I know more stuff than them? Um, and I think that, that that's what the first chapter of my book is this whole thing around um, 
you know, why you want to become a, um, a recognized expert, what do you have to contribute and what blocks are you, are you facing um, when you're doing that work? And I know that I certainly did that. And I'm very comfortable saying I'm an expert now. But a few years ago, I sort of, you know, and I come across that with people too. It's like, you know, do you know your stuff? Yes, I know my stuff. Then you, you're an expert. But we do have to earn that role as an expert. You can't just, you know, finish a, a degree and suddenly become an expert. You know, you have to earn it. Yeah, um, and demonstrate your achievements and your results, you, whatever that yeah. may be. Yeah, yeah. And I think the other thing too is not is is absolutely demonstrating it, but I think that you have to be prepared to share your knowledge and your expertise. Yeah. So it's not just saying I'm an expert, but it's actually writing those consistently writing those articles and getting published, consistently being prepared to get up on stage and um, and sharing your opinions, consistently doing media where, um, you know, you're, you're really actually sharing your opinions and your knowledge and you're putting yourself out there, which, a lot you know, a lot of Australians are, um, are sometimes concerned about doing because they're going to get sort of knocked down. But if you want to be an expert, you've got to be prepared for that. Um, well, that comes with the territory a little bit as well. You, you know, there, there, there are going to be a lot of people that you um, add value to and you really help because they'll use your insights within their business. And there are other people that, that are going to be critical. And that's yes. just part of the process. It's a part of the process. Yeah. And I think that that's why you do need to do that work at the beginning of like, you know what, I really, I, I've earned this I, and I, um, I, am confident in in my knowledge and my expertise um and I think the thing that what I did then was I can cons- I consistently wrote articles did media did speaking on my um platform public relations and social media and I did not deviate from that at all if I was asked to speak about you know um business planning or marketing I would say no yeah because it I everything had to come back to public relations and social media so people instantly associated my name with that platform yeah 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 and I completely agree with that now you've just shared your tips for creating your personal brand a few of them anyway do you have any more for our listeners Yeah, so I think um, when you're developing a personal brand, think about who you are, what you stand for, and what value you offer. Um, And the first step is thinking about, like, the heart and soul of your brand, like your your one thing, the the essence of your communication and your voice. Um, And this really helps because my one thing, my one word that I always come back to is inspiration. Um, and you know, I love to inspire. I love to be around people who inspire me. I have a room in my agency that's called the inspiration room where we go in and, you know, um, drink champagne, but also talk about inspiration. (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, so, and when I do, when I think about my brand, I always kind of come back to that heart and soul, that one word is, am I going to, am I going to be inspiring people? Am I inspiring people in this um, presentation or am I, um, or is this not, is not, not quite fitting? So I think that that's a really first important first place to start. What is your one thing um, that's the heart and soul of your brand? Um, and then sort of having a think about, um, you know, the, your, um, you know, 
so words, um, you know, can, can be like professional or humorous or hardworking or, or cost effective or, or, you know, those sort of things. And obviously, as I said, thinking about your niche and you have to stick to it. Yeah. Um, um, and then thinking all of the things that relate to that, thinking about what your elevator statement is, how you describe yourself, what your personal branding statement is as well. Yeah. Yeah. Now, what um, are your tips for leveraging your success with PR and social media? You know, the first tip is to do it. (laughs) (laughs) Take the step. Yeah, exactly. So many people don't do it Um, because I – um, you know, I I understand. I've been doing this my entire career. I did it as a post grad, and that's what I've been doing. So, but when I had to start thinking about doing public relations for myself personally, compared to doing it for my clients, it was really difficult because mm. I had to think about how I was going to um, uh, write stories about myself and my expertise. It, it was actually quite difficult. So. I think the first thing to really think about is, as I said before, even though you wouldn't consider this um, t- public relations technically, I think that that whole idea around un- what your personal brand statement is and going out and networking and really going into rooms full of strangers and actually talking about yourself and talking about um, not that networking is talking about yourself, networking is having amazing conversations, but having that confidence to be able to describe what you do, what value you offer and why people should know you is a really great first start. Um, The next is to actually really understand the techniques of public relations. Using the media is the last free thing that you can do now. You know, um, uh, getting it at the top of Google search, you have to pay now. AdWords, you have to pay. Facebook, you have to pay. So using the media is a really effective, um, free way of building your personal brand. And that's coming up with story ideas and pitching them to journalists where your um, influencers and your audience's um, publications that they read. Um, There are so many opportunities now to write articles and get them published. Um, That is, you know, a lot of the work that we do now is actually writing articles sort of content marketing, writing articles, and um, and you still have to pitch them to journalists. You still have to get a journalist or an editor interested in them. Um, but that means that you're all sharing your knowledge and you're, you know, getting 600 words in an amazing publication. It's, it's such a, an effective way of building your personal brand. Yeah. And you talked to before about getting the media interested in you, what are your tips around this area? Because I think this is the most daunting for a lot of people. Yeah. So the most important thing is to actually approach media that um, uh, that relate to your, your area of expertise. So say, for example, you know, like I am not going to pitch stories to, I don't know, um, Dog Weekly or something because it doesn't relate anything to my expertise. Yes, that's a good example. Um, Yeah, because I, and I hear this often, oh, journalist wasn't interested or whatever. Like, okay, so one is that does it relate to your area of expertise? Two, does your target audience read it? So journalists actually want to write stories about 
um, entrepreneurs, small businesses, um, people in careers, they absolutely do. They need to every single day write interesting articles. That's their job. That is their job. So if you're the person that has bothered to do the research on the publication, the research on the journalist, what kind of stories that they like to write about, um, what kind of, um, you know, hooks that they seem to to be interested in, which you can tell by just reading the publications that they write, reading the articles that they write. Um, And if you approach them in a way um, that is what we call a pitch, which is a, a story idea. So it's a hook. Why would you be interested? This is why you would be interested in me. I can um, give you an opinion on X, Y, Z. I'm an expert in this and my opinion on what's going on in the economy is X, Y, Z or my opinion on what's going on in this industry. Um, and, you know, I'd, I'd love to speak to you. But if you send an email to a journalist and say, I'm fantastic, I know a whole bunch of stuff. You know, my my business just opened an office in Brisbane. Interview me. <laughs> like they're just going to go, you're wasting my time, delete. Yeah, because you're not so adding, think, adding any value, are you, to you're them? Making your, yeah, so yeah. you're making your, their job harder. Yeah. What you have to do is basically package the whole story and deliver it to them and, that you know, you've got a much better chance of um, getting them interested and, they, they do want to write stories. You've just got to make sure that you do it in a way that um, – pitch it in a way that they're going to immediately recognise as a story. Yeah, yeah. Now, I've written articles on how women in particular need to overcome self-promotion, and we touched on that a little bit before, but this can be really hard. And I know I struggled with it, as I said, for many years. When I decided to overcome my fear of self-promotion, my world changed and the opportunities really flowed. What's your advice for anyone who's ready to um, overcome that fear and share their expertise? Like, you've clearly done that. Um, so, so what are your tips there? You know, I think that um, I feel like for women, um, self-promotion just seems to be like a, a – a dirty phrase or a dirty word, you know. Um, they don't want to be seen as the person that is, is as I said, the loudest or the person that is um, big noting themselves. Yeah. And I and I completely understand that because I would hate that as well if people thought that I was, you know, big noting myself. But but the difference is is this is the genuineness of it is that if you're really coming from a place. Um, where you genuinely want to share your knowledge and you genuinely, like for me, when I, my first speaking opportunity, my first big speaking opportunity, and I talk about this in my book, um, I, I, I literally walked across the stage and stood in the spotlight for the first time. And up until that point, I never wanted to stand in the spotlight because I didn't want everybody to look at me. I didn't want to be the centre of attention. Um, and that I had a massive realization around self-promotion and around stepping in the spotlight that was almost like I could literally see my words float across the room (laughs) into the hearts and the minds of the audience and I realized it had nothing to do with me it had to do with what how my words and how my actions could change their lives could change their their businesses and who was I not to do that? Yeah. And so I realised that 
this idea about self-promotion, if we think about it from an egotistical perspective, we think about ourselves. Um, but what I think, and I think women are so amazing at doing this because this is a lot of our roles are around how our actions influence other people, whether it's kids or families or careers or whatever. So we have we have an understanding of that concept. Um, that when we think about self-promotion, think about what we can do for other people, how we can serve other people um, through stepping into the spotlight and through sharing our knowledge and, and expertise. And I think that that, um, I know when I had that realisation, it changed everything for me. Um, it was kind of like jetting, letting a genie out of the bottle. Um, it led, led to so many other magical, amazing, incredible moments, which I would never had if I hadn't have come to that realization. And I think, I think for women, that's sort of something, some some thinking that you probably need to do if you are concerned about, um, uh, you know, stepping into the spotlight and, and being um, being that tacky, tacky self promotional. Yeah, Person. yeah, and that's they're very wise words because it isn't about us. It's about how we can contribute and what value we can add to other yeah. people, um, and about giving to other people first and foremost as well. Yeah, absolutely. And do you know what? And let's not forget that it's also about um, us growing and transforming and becoming exactly. people that we probably never even imagined. I know I never even imagined myself to be in this position. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's a, it's a self-development opportunity as well. Yeah, that's very true. Now, I understand um, that the, and I'm sure you can appreciate it, this, that um, men tend to dominate the speaking lineup at conferences and mm. panels, which yeah. I know annoys you and it certainly annoys me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I agree that women need to put themselves forward more and be more proactive. Now, what are your tips for women who are interested in speaking and have a lot to contribute? Yeah. I'm... The first thing is on this topic is that I think that what we need to understand is that we can't just sit here and just wait for things to happen. Like if we want to go speak, then go find opportunities to speak. Do you know what I mean? Like that that's really critical. I've put virtually every speaking um maybe not so much now, but certainly in the beginning, majority of my speaking opportunities I got because I put myself in a situation where um, I was asked to I, or I pitched to myself. Yeah. Um, it doesn't just happen. you got to go make it happen. Um, so the first thing is, is like what I did. If I, I didn't feel confident, so I went and got speaking coaching. I could, that was, and that made a massive difference for me. Um, the next I did, and um, I've got um, this in my book and people can have a look at it on my website. I wrote um, a really awesome speaker's profile which outlines my bio, speaking topics that I can speak about, where I've spoken. I've gotten testimonials from people. Um, I, You really should have a showreel. I've spoken in a million places and I still have it not a showreel. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God. Um, uh, and so really package yourself up as a professional. Um, and even if you're starting out, still package yourself up as a professional. Let people make it really easy to understand what you speak about, what you're an expert in, 
um, you know, whether you do training and speaking or whether you just do speaking, like make it really easy for people to choose you. Yeah. Um, and really critically, which is what I did, is I researched where do I need to go speak? Who are the audiences that I need to speak at? And what I did at the beginning was I spoke at places where I could practice, um, where I could get the confidence up to then, you know, and I remember specifically a time where I was, I got up and I spoke for no not with no notes for about an hour and I'm like, okay. I've made it. Yeah. <laughs> I've done it. Um, but it took me a long time to get, um, you know, the confidence to be able to get to that, to that place. Yeah. Um, but don't expect it to happen overnight either. So I think that the big thing is for women um, to try and change this stupid, idiotic, all-male panel um, that's everywhere, it drives me crazy, is, um, is actually – um, pitch yourself um, uh, as a as a speaker. Package yourself up as a speaker. Get the training, um, and really go out there and make it happen. Yeah, yeah. Good tips there. And uh, Katrina's speaker's profile is fantastic, and I um, recommend that all of our listeners go and Google it because you'll be able to find it and have a look at what she's talking about. What are the biggest lessons you've learned in business, Katrina? Oh, you know, the, the first thing that comes to mind for me is um, is sticking with it. Um, and I know, I think that there are times when we do need to let go of, of businesses or ideas or uh, products and, and so on. And, um, but I think that it's really that determination to succeed um it's really not easy i've you know there's times when it's been so challenging for me that i've wondered why i'm doing it um and i think that that sort of having that vision and um and being prepared to transform yourself um is, is really important um i think that um for me too is Really seeing where your challenges um, and your weaknesses and your strengths are. Um, I kind of, you know, say, for example, I did all of my bookkeeping for the first couple of years and then just went, you know what, I am a, I am a words person. I am not a numbers <laughs> person. Why am I spending my Sunday nights doing this? Um, but, you know, at the beginning I didn't really want to spend the money, but um, when I decided to just hand it over, that made a massive difference. So I think that it's kind of thinking about, you know, where it's worth spending money on, um, on things that will actually free you up. I think also too for me is I feel like I held myself back a, um, a bit at the beginning just from that fear of failure. Um, and I guess it's kind of, you know, you've got to work through that. But the, the tip kind of is is having um, conversations with people around that. It was a friend that kind of went, you really are working too hard. You need to go get staff. You need to get an office. And I really resisted that. But it was somebody externally that actually saw that I needed to do that. Um, and the biggest thing for me is networks. I made, um, you know, I went out and I networked, whether it was raining, hailing, <laughs> sunny snow I just networked and so a lot of my friends and a lot of my um, contacts are from those people that I, I made I think that when you're starting a business it can be really isolating and so really make that effort to go out and connect with as um, many like-minded people as possible 
And I know that you attribute networking as one of the fundamental tactics um, in growing your business and in building a successful business as well. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. And it's, um, you know, the majority of my clients, um, other people, um, come to me through, 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 um, well, my, my brand now, yeah. my personal brand, but also through my networks. Yeah. You know, I, I have people who either see me speaking or have, um, uh, you know, have met me networking and two years later they're ready kind of thing. So it's, you know, networking isn't about going out and, and making that sale then and there. It's actually about building relationships. relationships. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> and, yeah. and if you just talk about yourself and don't actually <laughs> listen and, and, and get to know people, then it's not going to work. And you know why? That's what I realised, um, why networking worked really well for me, is I think introverts are much better networkers than extroverts. Yeah. Um, because even though we probably find it challenging walking into a room full of strangers, we're so much better at listening mm-hmm. than at talking. And that's what builds relationships, yeah. you know. Um, so, you know, all those introvert, introverts out there, go start networking. <laughs> <laughs> and we feel uncomfortable talking about ourselves as well, somewhat. Yeah. So, it, so listening and asking questions um, yeah. about people <laughs> is what we do. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah. I can hear myself sometimes in conversations going, I just don't even want to talk about myself. I'm just going to, I'm so good at asking questions. <laughs> <laughs> and now I wanted to go back to the fear of failure part um, that you mentioned before. And I think it's really important that we have conversations around that because a lot of people fear failure. And I certainly do. I have done it all of my career and when I take new steps and new opportunities, new jobs, I really fear failure. But it's about bringing it along with you regardless and saying, yeah. okay, I acknowledge it, it's there, but I'm going to still step forward and yeah. continue on regardless because you can really, it can limit you if, if you don't acknowledge it and we don't have conversations around it because so many people have a fear of failure and it's okay Absolutely. And do you know, I think that that fear of failure is actually really healthy at yeah. times yeah. because it really does force us um, uh, to transform and to become, you know, um, to, to grow and to, to become um, the people that we want to be, you know. I, I know that, um, you know, at times, um, say, for example, when I did my TEDx talk, I just – it was really interesting because I'd done so much presentations until then and I had this, I knew what I wanted to speak about and I knew that I wanted it to be really personal, but I had this massive um, uh, uh, crisis of confidence um, about a week before and um, this, this insane fear of failure. Like what, because it, um, TEDx, you have no, you um, no I guess you can have notes, but yeah. um, you, and also too, what, what I wanted to do was I just wanted to have images. Mm. I didn't want to have any words. I just wanted to have these beautiful images behind me. Mm. Um, so I made it even harder for myself. Um, and I went and saw um, a sort of a coach of mine, and she kind of said, "So, what's the worst thing that could happen? Like, what is the worst thing if you forget what you're going to say?" 
it will sure it will not be good um in the sense of you it'll feel um it'll feel bad at the time but what you're you won't die you won't lose your job you won't um lose friends you won't like what is this what is the worst thing that's going to happen if you don't do this then um then that's worse than actually than than doing it but going in with it so i went in with that fear of failure um and when i left the stage oh my god i wanted to go back and do it all over again it was the most amazing thing i've ever done in my you know yeah and you feel like you've accomplished something i'm sure yeah you know God, yeah. I accomplished this extraordinary yeah. thing that I never thought that I'd ever be able to do. And I got to tell a really personal, really brave, um, a, a very heartfelt story that I wanted to tell um, and I wanted to share with the world. And had I not embraced that fear of failure, had I not taken it with me on the stage, um, then I wouldn't have, you know, I don't think that I would have done that. So I think that that... Um, I think that that fear of failure is a healthy thing to have as long as you, as you said, you acknowledge it, you take it with you, and you know that um, each thing that you do is going to be bigger and bigger and bigger or different, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, and I think, yeah, and I think that, that we do need to understand that um, we can't allow this fear I feel like we live in a world of fear at the moment too with everything yeah. that's going on in the world. That fear changes the way if we allow it to impact, if we allow it in, it, it just sort of impacts on everything. Yeah, it destroys everything, doesn't it? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. We have to see light in the fear. Absolutely. Now, finally, what does the future look like for you and CP Communications? Yeah, you know, um, I really don't know. This year is my 15th year in business. So, Congratulations. Um, thank you. And I just congratulated myself with a, um, a three-week trip around <laughs> East Africa. Wonderful. Which is what I've always wanted to do, you know. Yeah. Gotta, um, <laughs> reward ourselves as entrepreneurs. Um, there's a lot more speaking. There's a lot more training. Um, there's a lot more products. Um so yeah, I'm still. I feel like I'm kind of after 15 years. You do want to do some reassessing and see where things are at. Um, but it's still it's amazingly well, and I I have amazing team, and I'm you know it's it's great, and I um I do a lot of things outside my business now, which um you know a lot of my art and so on, which really does help as well. I love so, your art, um, by the way. Thank you so much. It's really it, that really helps me, um, you know, because I can I can do too much, <laughs> um, and so my art really helped me understand, um, you know, stopping and sitting and and creating was really important. So I want to do a lot more art in the future as well. Yeah, good. Now for our listeners, you have a free book for them. Is that correct? Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So. From Unknown to Expert um, is normally $20, but if you use this link, all you do is, um, so it's usually $20 plus postage, yeah. but if you use this link, then it's just, um, it's free, you just pay for the postage. Um, and the link is um, bit.ly, so bit.ly, yep. forward slash expert free. Expert free. 
And I'll put that link um, on the podcast content as well so our listeners can just click on it Great. and get your book, which will really help them. I hope so. I wrote it in a way that really, I, you know, it was a step-by-step guide that it wasn't all theory. It's like this is do this and then you'll be able to build your personal brand. <laughs> well, one of the um, fundamental things that I've always believed is that if someone has been successful and you want to um, be successful like that individual, find out what they did and emulate it because at the end of the day, it's not really rocket science. So rather than running around scrambling, um, look at what they did and just do the same thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and do do it in your own genuine way. Of you course. Know, do it in a, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, but, but I mean, kind of like we all have we all have something to share, you know, and find out what it is that you have to share and how you can share it that works best for you, and and go out and do it. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Katrina. It was wonderful chatting to you. Thank you so much for the opportunity, Caroline. I really enjoyed it. You're welcome. Thank you for listening to The Honest CEO Show with Caroline Kennedy. Don't miss an episode. Subscribe on iTunes for your weekly dose on all things business. We've also made it easy for you by linking the subscribe to button on the virtual executive website. Caroline shares free business tools and resources there too. And if you're stuck and need some advice, book a free 30-minute session with Caroline or one of her team. Go to www.virtualexecutive.com.au and check it out.